good to have some of your best friends in the front row. Okay. So, uh, you know, today's sermon is entitled, Raising Up to be Bold as Lions. And uh, the number one purpose behind the leadership training program. What do, you, do you guys know what it is? Mm. If not, no worries. One of those pop quizzes. <laughs> Has to do with my, my sermon title. Raising up leaders. Raising up leaders. So, uh, you know, as you embark in the journey of getting to a bunch of scriptures tonight, I want to encourage you to focus solely on what the Holy Spirit has to say to you. Amen. Raising up to be bold as lions. Let's start in Revelation to rev it up a little bit. In Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5, we're about to drive to Revelation 5. The scriptures are awesome. I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm doing this for Matt. All right, so we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Then I saw the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll with him writing on both sides, and is sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. I wept. And I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed and he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And the L2P said, amen. Look at that. The lion of Judah. If you are a disciple, you follow the Lion of Judah, which means you are part of the coalition or the pride of Jesus Christ himself. You, yourselves, are lions of God. That's inspiring. When you chose to be covered by the blood of the Lamb, you were made worthy of the calling of Jesus. And I want to encourage you and inspire tonight that this leadership training program isn't just for now. It's for the rest of your lives. You're all cubs right now. Little cute little playful cubs. Sending in your accountability sheets and your pictures. You guys are wrestling around while mom and dad are protecting you. The lions, like Ted and Kathy Green. Like Matt and Helen Sullivan, of course, Ron and Tracy Harding. <laughs> Guys, just think about it. When you're a cub, you don't know what's going on out there. You got to become a lion. Now, don't be like Scar. Be like Mufasa. But in order to become a lion, you got to go through some, some hardships. So I just have three simple points. The first point is the test of a lion. The lion needs to go through a lot of testing in order for it to really become the lion who is bold that God wants them to be. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 24, and I'm going to preach the word as hard as I can without crying. I have a goal one day to not cry in a sermon. <laughs> It's my impossible prayer. <laughs> Start crying right now. All right. Verse 1. 1 Samuel 24. 
After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the desert of En Gedi. 1 Samuel 24, verse 2 now. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel to set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. How do you go from leading thousands of people in the people of God, in the armies of God, to ending up in the crags of the wild goats? Is there anything David did to deserve that? Saul was so embittered and angry in his heart that David was risen up and he wasn't that he grabbed all the talented men of his kingdom to attack David in the crags. I think that, that's, a, that's a lesson for all of us. And I want to talk about the testing that David went through in this moment, but also for us to guard our hearts from being like Saul. Saul cares too much about position than he does about the voice of God. Saul wants his own kingdom. Saul wants his own attention. Saul wants to be the one that's lifted up and made known. David, meanwhile, did all the work, but is now in the caves. How's your heart tonight? Are you a leader in God's kingdom? Because you're like Saul, or are you like David? In verse 3, it says he came to the sheep pens along the way because he knew that David takes care of sheep. He wanted to kill David doing the work of God. See, Satan knows what leaders are going to be doing, taking care of his sheep, of God's sheep. And as we embark on these scriptures, take a look at your heart. Are you doing the will of God tonight, right here in this moment? Are you here for the sheep or are you here for yourself? The lion's test. The lion's test. The Bible says that the hired hand runs when trouble comes. And not once will you see David run when it comes to the calling of God. Not one time. There he is, looking around with all his talented guys, trying to kill one man and the men that follow him. It says a cave was there and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. Just imagine that. That's how close the enemy got to David. He's back in the cave. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the moment. This is when my life ends. And all his men's probably just put their hand on him and say it was a wild ride. Saul relieves himself. And the men said, this is, this is the day, actually. This is the day that, that God spoke of. I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Look, here it is. This is your moment, David. Take his hands. It's your turn to have vengeance. It's your turn to attack your enemy. It's your vengeance, not God's. Take his Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And then he walks back. He's taking a look at this robe and all the men like, yeah, come on, David, do it. And then right after, it says, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid 
that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul, and Saul left the cave and went his way. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My lord the king! When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, Why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord has delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord because he is the Lord's anointed. It just reminds me of the movie Revenant. So that movie's flat cranking, right? And this one scene, I'm going to spoil it, but amen. And he's just walking this, you know, he's called, uh, I forgot his name now, but uh, Glass was his name, and he was definitely not Glass, but he was going through the woods hunting for the, for the men and his, his son. And he's just walking through. All of a sudden, he sees two grizzly bear cubs. And he just kind of goes, oh, goodness, because where there are cubs, there are mamas. <laughs> and then in the movie, uh, the, the, the camera pans over, and it shows this giant grizzly bear tackle him, rip him to shreds. Let, like, he bites his legs, like, ah, and he's like, ah, ah, ah. And then, and then the bear slashes his throat. And then he slashes his body, and then he puts his paw on his head. And just, and he's like, ah! And it's just like a gruesome scene. Throws his rifle away, and then he starts crawling towards the rifle. The bear grabs his leg again and rips him back. It's the most insane scene you'll ever see. And then he's like, ah! He grabs his knife. The bear goes, checks on his cub, come back, and jumps on him again. And then he's like, ah! And then they roll down the hill. Oh, I forgot that he shoots the bear, and then he stabs him. And then they roll down the hill, and the bear dies and lands on him. So here he is. Goodness, what just happened? Basically paralyzed. So his, his camp here, a gunshot, they go and find him. They're like, goodness, he's dead. No way. And then, and then a couple of them take a stand for him. So they put him on a, uh, what are those little things that you carry people on? Stretcher. Stretcher. And they carry him through the mountains covered in snow. They carry him through the rivers and they carry him through the frozen water. They carry him all this way. And there's a lion in sheep's clothing in the, in the group. And they, they say, look, 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 I'll stay with them. Then why don't these two boys stay with me as well? And I'll make sure that he gets a proper burial and that he's taken care of. So here's, here's glass on a stretcher with this. He knows he's, he's not a good man. And one of those boys is his son. So here he is, and a couple days go by, and, and this guy, Glass, he wants $300 because if he stays with them and he gives them a proper bail, he's going to get $300. But days and days are going by, and Glass isn't giving up. He's not dying. So what happens? He ends up trying to make a deal with Glass. All that Glass can do is blink his eyes. That's all he can, all he can move. And he says, just blink your eyes, and, and that'll tell me that you want to die. Of course, he's like... Minutes go by, and he's like, Ugh. and then finally, like, you know, when you keep your eyes open for too long, you, you have to blink. So he said, okay, that means you want to die. So he starts suffocating him. And here's glass. And then his son comes in to stop him. The man, the sheep, the wolf in sheep's clothing stabs his son in the stomach, and all the glass could do is just watch his son die. 
This is one of the most devastating scenes you'll ever see. He's like, and he's just like, kills his son, drags him. And he can see his son. Just throws him behind a tree like he's trash. And then the other boy comes up, where's, where's his son? And oh, he, he just must have gotten attacked. And then ends up tricking this other boy. And long story short, Glass gets buried in the ground because they think he's dead, but he's not dead. That's revenant to rise up from the dead with a purpose. Wow. So he digs himself up out of the ground. And then he gets chased by another tribe of Indians throughout this whole, to get back to this camp to get vengeance on this man for killing his son. So he, take, he goes down this river. And then he's, uh, he discovers a pack of wolves attacking some food because he hasn't eaten. He wants the food. Then he meets a friend. His friend ends up getting hung and killed by other people. And then he gets to the fort where this man is. But this man ends up running away. So he chases him. And the commander of the fort goes with him. The commander of the fort ends up getting shot in the head and killed by this man. And now all you have is glass and the wolf in sheep's clothing in this creek bed. And he's just filled with fury in his eyes. I'm going to kill you. You killed my son. You took everything from me. And then they start fighting. It's the most epic scene. And then uh, uh, the Glass takes the, the, this tomahawk and cuts off his fingers. And this guy's like, oh. And then they start fighting. And, and by the end of the fight, Glass has this guy on his face and he can kill him. By the end of the fight, he's about to scalp him. But then he says... Vengeance is not mine, it's God's. And he throws him in the creek, floats down to the Indian tribe that was following him, and they scalp him. God, he didn't have to do it. What's the point? What's the test of the lion? You're going to go through so much testing. A bear attack, buried alive, brothers, sons killed. And at the end... The biggest temptation is going to be for you to justify your wrongs because of what you're going through. To justify your vengeance, to justify your impurity, to justify your bitterness, to justify your lack of convictions because what you're going through is just too hard. The test of a lion. Just to relate, go to Job 10. I want, to, I want to concrete this point so that way we get it deep in our hearts. That raising up a bold lion takes testing. Job 10, verse 14, it says, If I sinned, you would be watching me. It would not let my offense go unpunished. If I am guilty, woe to me. If I am innocent, I cannot lift my head, for I am full of shame and drowned in my affliction. If I hold my head high, you stalk me like a lion. And again, display your awesome power against me. You bring new witnesses against me and increase your anger toward me. Your forces come against me wave upon wave. In Miami Church, do you know what this is talking about? When the testing just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. And there is no end to the testing. And your only decision to make is justify your wrong or stay on the right path. That's right. It just keeps coming. 
wave after wave and temptation to get bitter, temptation to pull back, temptation to fall into morality, temptation to be greedy, temptation to be lazy. It just keeps on coming because we are prone to excuses. But we are not made to be bold. The Holy Spirit is in us that makes us bold. And the only way to get bold is to go through testing. A lot of us, including me, want to run from this testing. They want, we, want to, we want to just be warm and cozy, and we want the most fruit in our Bible talks. We want to share our faith with one person and get ten baptisms. We just, we just want everything to be paved straight. But when you look and you're kind of like, yeah, this is a straight, oh my gosh, that's a mountain, and that is another mountain on top of the mountain. Oh my, Lord, help me. This is not what I signed up for. Yes, it is, leaders. This is what you signed up for. This is what you asked for when you signed your name on that program. And you said, this is what it's going to take. There's nothing harder in the world than being a leader in God's kingdom. I believe that. And there's nothing rarer than a man or woman that perseveres through the testing. And as we take a look at our trials and whatever you're going through, you need to make a decision to do what is right, no matter the excuse you can make. Of course, you guys know, you can write it down, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 7, the testing of your faith comes so that way it can prove what? The genuineness of your faith. See, we come into the kingdom, popular, funny, rich. We come into the kingdom dependent on things that don't really matter. And they stick with you for years of your discipleship. And then a trial comes that tests where you're getting your strength from and what is your greatest strength right now. Mm. Let me tell you, if it's not your faith, you're about to enter into the testing of a lie. What does God want for you? Your biggest strength isn't to be your smile, isn't to be your talents, isn't to be the way you work at your job. It is to be your faith. That is God's desire for you, to have the strongest faith you can have and to be bold as a lion. It's tough, but you got to have this heart during times of testing. Persevere no matter the obstacle. You guys, we have 13 weeks left, and there's going to be a lot of excuses you can make with you and your pillow. There's going to be a lot of excuses you can make between you and your wallet. A lot of excuses you can make between you and your spouse. But when times of testing will come, will you stand the test and be bold as a lion? Point number two, the fight of a lion. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion. What does the devil do? Prowl around like a roaring lion. He's not just prowling around, he's roaring. And uh, have you guys ever seen uh, Lion King? Yep. And when the lions roar, what happens? The birds start flying, everyone's freaking out. Yeah. Okay, you guys ever seen videos on YouTube of a lion roaring? Yeah. It's intense. I'm sure some of you have seen lions roaring. But if you were to go like this and just kind of imagine that right now, Satan is walking around this room right now, roaring, waiting, waiting for one of us to leave the herd. 
He's just, he wants you so bad. He, just, he doesn't want to kill you. He wants to rape you, torture you, and make you into a pile of flesh, and then he'll kill you. Mm. Sure, it's a fight of your life, but this is the fight of a lion. Take a look at your life right now. What fight are you fighting? See, when a disciple stops fighting, that's, that's Satan's best opportunity. When a disciple stops desiring God's will, when he wants to pull back or she wants to give up, when bitterness starts to get in there, oh, Satan's like, oh, yeah, I've been ready for you. See, the fight of a lion is in all of us. The fight of a lion is right in front of every single one of you. What fight are you fighting right now? Because if it isn't the most epic, scary fight of your life, well, tomorrow it's going to happen. If you think what you've been through is tough, well, wait until next week. Wait until you get married and you have babies. Wait until you lead a church. Wait until you lead a house church. Wait until everything around you starts failing and everyone's pointing their fingers at you saying, good job. Just wait for it. It'll happen. It'll happen. It's not easy going through some of the things that our, uh, our veteran disciples have gone through. Yep. Ron Harding has been writing this book for 13 years. The Chronicles of Modern Day Christianity. This is a chronicle of our movement from 1979 all the way through to this current moment. And there is no fight like the fight you're about to embark on if you want to truly be a disciple. And I want to encourage each of you. I'm not name dropping or anything, but Ron really spent a lot of time and you should get this book. Read this. Go after this because this is really your history and what you're going to do in the future of your life if you're choosing to truly be leaders in the program of the kingdom. (laughs) This is the fight. Let me make a point here. Let me make a point. Ron and Tracy are here not because of, uh, you know, it's been daisies and unicorns for them. In fact, one of the testing that they went through, one of the fights they went through, included me. I went to Portland, Oregon with them as they planted, replanted the Portland church after some tumultuous times, some really hard times. This couple right here decided to go plant the Portland church. And they brought me with them. Long story short, Ron sits me down and says, you are so prideful. That is the last thing a prideful person wants to hear. Mm. (laughs) Who are you, Ron? (laughs) He sends me back home about a couple weeks later. (laughs) And then later, he leads the D.C. church. And in really hard times following him there and his wife. They cranked this church, though. And they go to L.A., they go through more hardships. And now they planted the Atlanta International Christian Church. But I think every time I talk about him, when Ron left, he left his pride and joy, his son, Ron and Tracy. That's a decision that would be very hard to make. And he's like a little bit of a kingdom prodigy. Great young man, but they left him to plant the church. That's about... 12 hours away from us. This couple right here has documented the movement, and I want to encourage each of you to continue fighting the fight, the good fight, because you're truly part of a fight of a line. If you want to get to know it, talk to Ron and Tracy. We are honored to have you here, guys. Why did I mention Ron and Tracy? 
It's because not only Ron and Tracy are going to go through those types of hardships. What are you fighting? I saw this video here about a lion fighting 20 hyenas. He's coming into adulthood. And when a lion starts to enter adulthood, he kind of goes outside of the coalition or the pride. Coalition is male lions and pride is female lions. The coalition fight each other so that way they can have the pride. So he starts getting out of the, out of the little coalition or pride and he's just like, whoa. And he starts wanting, he's like, this is great. And this lion jumps over this little lake. He's like, yeah, or this little, uh, little stream. And he's just, oh, you can tell he's super happy. He's just wondering, he's like, oh, this is great. You guys know what I'm talking about when you're sharing your faith and everyone's open? <laughs> you know what he walks into? A pack of hyenas. And all of a sudden he's like, this isn't so great anymore. And you can see in his eyes, he's like, oh baby. 20 hyenas circle around. And he just goes, what all of us would do, he just sits down. <laughs> oh, that didn't work out for me. There, bro. And then the, the, the hyenas start biting at him. And he's like, you know, and then he bites a hyena, and then another one comes, then three more comes. By the time the, the, the video shows, he's got blood on his stomach, blood on his legs. He's fighting off these hyenas. He's making it happen. But not for much longer. Not for much longer. So he starts getting, he starts getting torn up. He starts slowing down. Then you see him get a little surge of energy. Goes after one and then three more get him. He's down. He's almost done. His hyenas are about to have a good dinner. But then out of nowhere, another lion starts coming in. And you see him peeking through the woods, or peeking through the grass, like, what's going on? That's my homie. <laughs> no one else around. What? Where's mom and dad? Jacob, what are you doing over there? Uh, Isaac, will you help me, please? Come on, bro. Ow! Come on, Isaac is just getting the courage. You see this lion in the, in the, in the grass. He's like, well, should I do it? And he just gets the courage. Starts running after Starts going after his brother. And he fights off 10 hyenas while the only one fights off. And they win the battle together. If that other lion didn't come up to fight with his brother, he would have died. See, the fight of a lion can never be alone. See, right now we're in the week of building family and identity. Every disciple is precious. Two is better than one. Yep. You cannot be alone as a disciple. Mm. In every single fight you have, you got to let people into your life. Wow. The disciples are there to fight off the hyenas of Satan's attacks. You guys are embarking on the leadership training program of 2019. 13 weeks left. You don't want them to be 13 weak weeks. You cannot be weak if you are family together in this fight. I'm not going to cry. There's a difference between fighting against, fighting with, and fighting for. There it is, See, fighting against is you're, you're, you're just always bitter at someone. You always have an issue. You always have, well, they did this, they did that, she didn't do this. It's just, just, you're fighting. You're arguing, you're biting. It might not be outward, but it's inside you. 
Why, why are you fighting that fight? You know, fighting with, you know, it, there, there's, there's just different types of fighting. But I think that there's inner fighting, but then there's straight up arguing. Amen. For all of us in this room, I want you guys to make a decision right now on, to fight for your family. Amen. It's hard to let people in yep. when you need help. Some of us have been weak for a really long time, and we're not asking for help. It's like we're, we're asking Satan to kill us. Because wow. you're not fighting for the family. I've been, I've been so blessed. So blessed to have the men in my life that have fought for me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit shaky right now preaching because having Ron and Matt here, if it weren't for these two guys, I would not be here. Yeah. I was done. And I've been done. I've fallen away. I've had very key conversations with these men where they both laid me out. <laughs> and in particular, I just, I just hope that we can be what they were to me for each other. These past, uh, you know, I went to the hospital today. Tia's in the hospital, obviously, you know that. And I just sat there and I said, I am done. I am done. This is too much. Get a phone call. Right after making that decision, a brother confesses a bunch of sin to me. Step three, church discipline. And then a couple is joining the ICOC. And then another uh, a sister that I'm very close to wants to commit suicide. And I'm sitting there with my phone in my hand. I'm done. This is too much. And then I get a text from my best friend, Matt Sullivan. Hey, bro, can we talk? Absolutely. <laughs> And I just, I, we talk, I'm just like, bro, this is all the stuff that happened. I laughed. I laughed because I know this brother's fighting for me. Amen. And this, you know, this isn't the first time he's called me and talked to me through some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all of you over the past couple weeks have cooked food for Tia. All of you have set up babysitting for Tia. If it weren't for you, I would not be here because I give up too easy. In this leadership program, if you see somebody falling short, you call them. Yes. There it is. You love them. You walk with them. If that's you, you allow others to walk with you. Do not fall prey to the Lion of Satan. Follow the Lion of Judah and fight with your family. I got two more scriptures. You still here? This is what you need to do moving forward from here. Let the family in. And fight for the family. Get an identity with this family. Become a part of it. Identify with the Miami Fort Lauderdale International Christian Church Leadership Program. Do not let yourself go outside of the pack and get attacked. And do not allow yourself to fall away. My inspiration to you is in each one of your groups, you guys got to have an identity. I think there's five groups now. You guys need to have an identity together and make it happen quick and fight for each other. Make it special. Make it awesome. And each one of you be fruitful until the end of the program, by the end. But I'm I'm kind of drooling here. 
So I'm going to close out the sermon. Uh, uh, the boldness of a lion is point number three. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17. Sorry, guys. Is there a napkin I can get? Hopefully that was encouraging. Okay, so let's start in uh, verse 16. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. And to him be glory forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You know what I noticed today? I noticed this scripture. Because I, I, I had forgotten for a moment there that God is right there with me. At my first offense, no one came to my rescue. May it not be held against them. Oh. And then he says, the Lord stood at my side. And then he says, he'll save me from every evil attack. Wow. Here's my inspiration. The boldness of a lion starts with remembering that God is right there with you. And when you fight this fight, when you go through this testing, your boldness will only increase when you trust in the Lord. Your boldness is directly determined by your faith in God. As you go through these times, guys, God's right there. Think about it. You wake up in the morning, guess who's right there? God. You go to sleep at night, guess who's right there? God. You go through some of the hardest times of your life, guess who's right there? God. When you're sharing your faith and no one's open, guess who's right there? God. He is fighting for you and with you. He is battling, he is raging, and he's winning. And in this program, because he is winning, we are winning. Amos 3.8, check this scripture out. Actually, I have two more after this. Is that okay? No, this one and then one more. (laughs) You know, I can't count. But I can help people get to know Jesus. Check the scripture out. Verse 7, Amos chapter 3. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? See, when God speaks, it's like a lion roaring. And when God roars, who can stop but speaking the words? God is speaking the word of God through who? Through us. God is roaring through every time you open up your mouth to share your faith. Satan is freaking out. You're like, how is this even happening? God is moving because the lion is roaring through you. Right now when I'm preaching this word, I'm not even, I don't care. God is speaking. And I'm inspired because each of you are sharing your faith every single day. That's a lot of roaring lions in the hizzle. You know, one time I sat down to this Bible study with this man, uh, Alex. Where's Alex? He's right here. He's been a disciple for less than six months. He's uh, getting his PhD at FIU. You'll never know that because he never talks about it. But let me tell you something about his cross study. He had, as if he just got hit by 10 bricks on his face of anger. Remember, we just read the 
I counted the cross, and you're giving me the look like, I, like, like you hate me. You know what it is? I was like, oh, baby, God help me. You are so prideful. Your heart is so hard towards God's word that you're seeing yourself as better than Jesus. You need to repent and get humble. I spoke that word like Jesus would have. You know what happened? He cried. And then he humbled out. Two days later, he got baptized into Christ, and now he's in the leadership training program. Here's what we need to do. When you're sharing your faith, you roar. When you're in Bible studies and someone's being pridefully religious, roar. When someone's not getting something, you got to roar. Shake them up a little bit. When's the last time you made a disciple? Oh, oh, never? You're not a disciple. When's the last time you actually reached out to somebody, made them into a disciple, baptized them, and taught them to obey? Never? You're not a disciple. Yes, I am. Well, what's the scripture say about you? You're a lion. You're a wolf in sheep's clothing. Because you're acting like the part, but you're not actually the part. Why don't you inherit the heart? Here, I'm going to close this Bible and pray for you. And then maybe in two days you can call me when you're actually ready to follow Jesus. You got to be like God when you're speaking the word of God. Okay, let's close out the sermon. Revelation chapter 14. Okay, so you guys excited for the, uh, the five groups to start? You have uh, Jacob, Isaac, Austin, Frank, and Jose Pepin overseeing these groups of about 10 people. What you have to see is that these people weren't put there by Matt and Helen Sullivan. These people were put there by God. And you have to inherit the heart of the disciples that surrounded Jesus by saying, I'm going to fight like a lion with my leader. The reason why these men are overseeing these groups because they proved themselves. And they gave their hearts to the Gladiator program in 11 weeks, 12 editions. Something like that, right? So when these men made that example, they're going to set the example with you guys. We're going to close out Revelation chapter 14. Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing water and like a peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one can learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from all the earth. Wouldn't that be cranking if we can save 144,000 people in the city of Miami? We go, holy moly, 144,000 is not a lot. That's right. Well, we did in the former movement. Yeah. Why not in one city Come in the on. current movement? Yeah. And here's the cool thing. That doesn't actually mean 144,000 people. That means the perfect number of, of people in God's, in God's kingdom. Right. So it could be an infinite amount. It could be billions. Wow. But why limit ourselves? Let's be bold as lions. Let's surround ourselves with thousands of disciples in the Miami Fort Lauderdale International Christian Church. Here's how we're going to do it. We continue doing what we've been doing, but increasing our work. Guys, over the last 26 weeks, we've had 45 additions. God is moving. 
We have in 52 we or 13 weeks, we have to complete our task of baptizing 52 people. Yeah. That's four a week. You know what Matt did recently? He called one of his friends and he read the book, of course, uh, money, money is everything. He read the book and he says, you know what? I'm just going to imitate and be bold as a lion. Hey, man, we need some money for the church. Can you give it? The guy kind of argues with him and he says, you know what? I'll think about it. And then Matt says boldly, you know, we need money. The guy gives him $5,000 on the spot. God is moving. And when we imitate the faith of, of what Matt took and, and the boldness that he did, can you imagine if we just shared our faith with 5,000 people? Wow. Just like Matt just did? Come on. Hey, you want to go to church? No, why not? Oh, because I don't go to church. Well, let me show you the church because I am the church. Oh, hey, you want to say the Bible? No, I don't believe in that. Well, I can help you believe in it. Wow. Overcoming every excuse. Bold as a lion. Bolder and harder and better than you've ever been before. Amen. 144,000 is nothing because we've got men and women like you in this group. That's right. All of us need to take the heart to be bold as a lion. The boldness of a lion is in each and every one of you because you have the faith of Jesus Christ in you. Amen. Guys, are we going to close out this year, this leadership program, only baptizing 10 people? No. Okay, here's my call. I want each of you to make a decision. Write this down. This is the only thing I want you to write down in all the sermon. <laughs> be personally fruitful in the month of January. Be personally fruitful in the month of February. Amen, brother. And you fight boldly. You go through the testing, you go through the fight, and you go with the boldness of a lion. Amen. You can do this. Now, when I, when I asked you guys to do that, I, I got some scared looks. It's okay. It's okay. You're scared. Jesus isn't. He is right there with you. It's okay. You got 20 hyenas around you. You got Isaac. You got Muhammad. You got Helen. You have Nishi. You have OJ. You have Jalisa. And together, my brothers and sisters, I want you all to raise up to be bold as lions. Let's complete this leadership training program by baptizing 52 souls into God's kingdom. Thank you so much, and I love you.